0: dot bubble audio
1: Hi, and welcome to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. Today's book is The Shadow by James Patterson and Brian Sitz. And just as James Patterson had someone with him to talk and work on The Shadow, I, too, have somebody to talk and work on The Shadow. And
0: it's Scott. How are you today, Scott? I'm fine, and this episode of Read Up is brought to you by Blue Coal, Pennsylvania's finest anthracite. It burns to a fine powdery ash. Contact your dealer where you can find blue coal today. That's good. I I thought you were going
1: to go with um, uh, the tie from the movie. (laughs) Saks Fifth Avenue, you are a barbarian. Yes. (laughs) Who
0: knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Only the shadow knows. (laughs) Never like
1: I have never laughed like that in my life. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So let's talk about um, the shadow, and we'll let's just say right from the start. Well, let's just dive into spoilers because um, usually, Scott, when we when I have you on this show, it's usually to gush about something, and this is this is actually a time where
0: we might get a little negative. Um, we have feelings about this book.
1: Yeah, so what we have feelings about the Shadow in general. Both you and I are big fans of the pulp hero the Shadow. Um we come at him from, you know, different uh, uh different introductions. My introduction to him was the 1993 movie with Alec Baldwin. It's the movie was my good, introduction it's as well. So fun. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, okay, that's yeah. That's great. So, yeah, um so it the Shadow for those of you who don't know is a is a pulp hero from the 1930s. He was the Model, one of the models for Batman, along with Zorro and Sherlock Holmes and D'Artagnan and a whole bunch of other Scarlet characters. Scarlet Pimpernel. Scarlet Pimpernel is a good one. The Bat, um, actually. So, But anyway, the shadows along with, I'd say Sherlock Holmes is the biggest influence on Batman. It's a wealthy um, millionaire, Lamont Cranston, man about town, also dons dark clothes and fights crime, um, the seedy underbelly of the city with um, the ability to cloud men's minds right and that's really the big difference is that batman has no powers and the shadow does right yes. you know, so he's the you know he has the ability to i mean it's basically just telepathy you know like he tricks people into thinking that he's not there thus you know um but they can sometimes maybe not sometimes see his shadow um you know and thus Thus, the hero is born. So James Patterson and mostly I would assume Brian sits actually. And I can
0: tell you for a fact I know that how this works because I have a very checkered past with James Patterson as a uh, in an author reader relationship. And Mm -hmm. I know for a fact based on interviews that when you see James Patterson and fill in blank author, what how that operates is basically James Patterson is operating himself as a brand. And he uses his brand to help give upcoming authors, you know, a crack at the big game. And what really happens is James Patterson writes the outline for the story. And then the second person, usually the uh, pejorative, the nobody who Mm -hmm. is the one who actually goes and writes the book, but writes the book according to the Patterson formula.
1: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I, so, so I don't actually then know if my problems with this book come from Patterson or Sitz, because I'd be curious what, what's dictate, what, how much detail is dictated in the outline? Because so here's the, the setup of the book for people who don't know. I'm actually just going to read the back of the book as we do on this episode. Only the shadow knows James Patterson's explosive reimagining of the iconic detective who has thrilled readers across generations. That's true. All that's true so far. Um, James Patterson definitely reimagined an iconic detective that uh, lots of people love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Confirmed. Yes. Only two people know that 1930s society man Lamont Cranston has a secret identity as the shadow, a crusader for justice. One is his greatest love, Margot Lane, and the other is his fiercest enemy, Shiwan Khan. When Khan ambushes the couple, they must risk everything for the slimmest chance of survival in the future. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going not to the present day, but to the future. 2087, actually. Okay, it's a nice round 150 years. Yes, That's it was. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of Phantom 2049 or whatever it was. Do you remember 2039? Do you remember that show? Yes, a actually. a it, yes. yeah, it was a cartoon on Fox. Yeah. That one made more sense because the Phantom is a continuing lineage of heroes. This is just a thing that was done. Um, but anyway, a century and a half later, Lamont awakens in a world both unknown and disturbingly familiar The first person he meets is Maddie Gomes, a teenager with her own mysterious secrets, including a knowledge of the legend of the Shadow. Most disturbing, Khan's power continues to be felt over the city and its people. No one in this new world understands the dangers of stopping him better than Lamont Cranston, and that only the Shadow has a chance of succeeding before more innocent lives are lost okay so that gave away play... a lot of
0: spoilers actually that i didn't it read did. <laughs> like, um, wow yeah. you really want to read this book without reading the back because the book expects expects you to like these to be revelations in the book and the back just basically gave everything away
1: well, yeah she wants she Si-Wan khan's power still felt oh i wonder why if you like you know chapter 2 of the book basically tells you why but maybe not 2 like 4 cuz there's 101 chapters in this book but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so i'm going to i'm going to say some things um and then you can say some things and then we'll say some things together um the this book read like a 2 hour pilot to a television show that was produced by people who wanted to make something about superheroes but didn't understand what superheroes actually are or, or what make them interesting. So they got their hands on an IP that uh an intellectual property for those of you who don't know which is which to go, oh, this is superhero-esque. Let me actually remove some of the more interesting parts of the hero, change some other things, and add some extra nonsense for
0: Zero reason whatsoever. Bam, you got yourself a book. I'm going to co-sign every single thing that you just said because you pretty much encapsulated like what I thought our discussion was going to be. I like it was like it is like you and I are the same person reading this book.
1: Yep, uh, yeah, it, and I think that was actually what was the most frustrating part of the read is that like it read like a. It read like a pitch for something. Like the book is just the the way of seeing if there's audience interest, but it's actually its actual intention is for TV. And I know that because the article that you sent me, um, which stated the go ahead and you speak you say some words.
0: Well, no, I, I wanted you to finish that because I I had something you just said is like. Like the crux of one of my major criticisms of the book. So oh, continue. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So
1: so so this book was published like and sold through to, like some company. Blah blah blah. Because like the intention is for like a multimedia like outpouring of the shadow. You know, but the book comes first to basically be like, okay, we have a book and it's published, so now turn this book into a movie or turn it into a TV show or something.
0: Right. And the weird thing about that was I discovered this article like literally this week as we were chatting. It came out last year announcing the fact this book was coming out. I didn't even know about the existence of this book until you bought it and literally yep. texted me a picture of it. And I warned you because I was like, Patterson. Mm, like, like uh, I have, I have, you know, a bad history with freaks just like Patterson, you know, when Mm -hmm. it comes to, when it comes to his books. Uh, So the fact that the book was announced a year ago comes out, no real fanfare. Like it just, it's there. The interesting part of the article was they want to actually go back and republish the original pulp novels by Mm -hmm. William Gibson writing under the nom de plume of Maxwell Grant. You know, like, and to be honest, those are what I want. Like, I want them, like, Little Brown published those. Like, I want to read those original pulp books. I've never read those. Right. Uh, So what you said really sort of hit the crux of my biggest question about this book. Who was the audience for this book? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Because... It is presented as a reintroduction of the character, uh, really to introduce the character to a new generation who has no idea who the heck The Shadow was. Like Mm -hmm. we started off with, we had the benefit of the Alec Baldwin movie to be Mm -hmm. our, hey, kids – this is The Shadow and then if you're interested mm-hmm. that's what leads me down the rabbit hole of finding the Orson Welles, you know, radio show from back yeah. in the day. You know, which I think is probably, you know, historically the introduction for a lot of people was yeah, the Orson Welles radio from, show. It was for my grandma, she loved listening
1: to The Shadow. That was like that was
0: one of her jams. But this book is written in a way that It's supposed to introduce a new – it it claims that it's trying to introduce this to a new audience, yet so much of the the book is written – depends on you having prior knowledge of the shadow to understand what they're talking about in the book because there is so many it does that annoying thing that a lot of people want to do when they introduce an old hero is they want to say here's the hero you know but what you know is not the way it really was let me tell you how it really was as we are generating our own version of the character and I'm like but that only works if your audience knows who the shadow is so is it for people who know the shadow and then you're kind of ticking us off because you're n- subjectively newsly changing things or mm-hmm. is it for a new audience but then you can't expect the new audience to actually know anything like that's my that's my paradox about this book
1: and not and that's that's very even uh, character specific to like what audience is this for even I was thinking like as a genre. I don't really know what this was supposed to be. It's not really a mystery because if it is, it's an obvious mystery. Oh, man, I could the tell you that there's
0: a twist in the final chapters of the book that I literally could have told you four chapters into the book. I'm like, yep. that happened. And then the twist happens at the very end. And I'm like, not a twist, not a twist. Obvious. No, no, way so too obvious
1: the there's real there's not tons of tension it's not really a thriller there's really no mystery to solve there's there are tiny mysteries of like there's like character like like oh how are you connected to this there's not really so much a mystery it's just like general storytelling Mm -hmm. usually characters have some kind of mystery to solve in almost every story um so but it's not really a mystery it's it
0: kind of wants to be a superhero story. Yes, which is, but written by yeah. someone who has no idea how to write a superhero story. Oh, yeah,
1: oh, it almost reminded me of um, NBC's The Cape. Do you remember yeah. that show? I, I never Even saw it, was, it,
0: but I I know of it. Yeah, it, it was kind of like, oh, we know about
1: superheroes. They have special things and stuff, and they... Probably fight somebody
0: something very similar to that was do you remember I mean I love Jason Reynolds he is a wonderful YA author you've talked about some of his work on the podcast before Mm -hmm. he did a Miles Morales Spider-Man book and I will tell you that it was very successful with Miles and was awful anytime it attempted to be Spider-Man.
1: Oh, that's an a really interesting distinction because once the costume went on, he did, he probably didn't know what to do with it. He didn't know
0: what to do with it. No, no. It was not his wheelhouse. And so it, I had a very similar experience reading this book going, um, you really don't know what to do when he's actually supposed to be the shadow, do you?
1: No, that, and I think that was part of my problem because like he – like so Lamont in the future like actively rejects. The pulp hero, the Shadow, which did like exist, and he's all like, the iconography oh, based on me. that
0: goes along with that—the hat, the forty fives, the, the scarf, the, the
1: scarf—right. And he's like, oh, "I never wore any of that. I didn't have that." He's like, "But it's based on me." So I'm like, "So what were you doing? You were just Lamont Cranston, and people knew that you had powers and that you fought bad guys, but you just did it. You technically just did it as Lamont Cranston." And the shadow is actually the pulp hero that is based on you. But it was a little confusing. Like, it didn't actually know what it wanted to do.
0: Well, it also basically was like – basically, it also tried to present Lamont like he was a private eye, but yet he's yeah. a millionaire. Like, it's like – But he's also a millionaire. But it's like – Right. Uh, one of these things is not like – like, were you a millionaire like Bruce Wayne or who, were, who was secretly fighting crime or were you just some – you know, Private Eye, and it, so it's like it, – so it, it, it just – the thing with a Patterson novel that is unfortunately like – and I'm not talking like early Patterson. Like we're talking – when we mm-hmm. talk early Alex Cross days like okay, like Kiss the Girls and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, those, there was more to them. But I could tell you through like the early 2000s, which is when I was having my Patterson experience, there became mm-hmm. a – a thinning out and spe- and then especially when he became not the author but the brand and then these other supporting authors came in there was a very much a everything is so razor thin chapters are two pages long you know it's, it's it there there's no meat on those bones and that and this falls right into that Patterson formula that some people eat up like popcorn but for me I can even pick up a Patterson physical copy if I ever consume Patterson it has to be audio because listening to it doesn't give me the annoyance of I just read two I just read two pages and now suddenly I'm at a chapter break.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I I can I can understand I listen I also listened to this though I like I went back and forth and I hated the narrator um the male narrator's voice for Shiwan Khan was just awful just atrociously bad like not menacing not anything sounded like a 7th grade nerd or you know something along those lines just really bad
0: yeah well and also something and this is the intellectually and in stuff part i also mm. did not see the rhyme or reason to the shifting POV of the narration, why were some chapters written in either sometimes limited, sometimes omniscient third person, and while others were a first-person point of view from the teenage girl from the future? Like, there did not really seem to be a clear purpose for the shifting narration in the novel from a literary point of view
1: the only thing that i could think of for that is i guess that added to the a layer of mystery because like part of the because it's not you could argue it's not a fair play mystery because of its shifting um because of its shifting voices but um i think that like matt like maddie only knows so much information about the future, and Lamont doesn't know any information about the future. So it needed the third person to explain stuff, which is to me pretty sloppy. Mm-hmm. Like it was like it was supposed to be first person, and then
0: they got backed into a corner, and so they like, oh, we'll just switch it up, I guess. Well, and another thing that I going back to the who is this book for? Another right. audience question that I had is that when you had this is this this is stereotypical this is me making sweeping generalizations but typically when you have a first person teenage narrator who is that book typically written for who's the audience for that kind the of... the young adult right the, it's it's the young adult reader the young adult reader yet this book had a language immature content at points that there is no way that i would put this in the hands of Of a young adult reader, maybe late high, maybe, maybe high school, but, but then the book is so simple that, you know, I was like, is this younger, is this upper young adult? Is this adult? Assuming some adults don't know who the shadow is. Like, I, I, I was really like, where would you even put this in the bookstore?
1: Uh, I would put it upper young adult because i mean a lot of a lot of the like young adult heading into just regular fiction or mystery or thriller does have a lot of language or anything like it's almost you have to go the opposite and it's really hard to find young adult that isn't pushing some kind of boundary on language or sexuality or something like this so i would consider this tame in comparison to some like high school aged young adult stuff that i've i've read okay Um, so, but like you said, it's pretty simple. So, but I mean, like, let's be honest here. James Patterson is not literature like, and he's never trying to be. No, no. And so it would be in a a lot of ways unfair to like, try to put that on him because that's not his purpose. He is to entertain and that's it. Like, there's really not supposed to be anything that's deeper. And they tried to go deeper here, though. Maybe that was, you know, not tried to. But, you know, like, it's obviously, like, there's stuff about, you know, uh, government control.
0: and Rich versus poor
1: and class warfare. Right. And I actually really liked some of that stuff. I liked kind of the stripping away of Lamont Cranston. Like, he doesn't actually need the money to be Lamont Cranston. That's not what he's... For it's really justice and for the people and all that kind of stuff. And there's some global warming stuff in there, like oh, you know, this used to be Twelfth Avenue, but now it's underwater. Or it's yeah, kind of and, and, and but it's
0: done so unartly. I, I wish there was... Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so was that sentence? But I, oh, I it was ter- it was terrible. But you know, and that's actually I remember when I finally just finally broke is when I was reading his young adult series Maximum Ride. And
1: oh yeah i forgot about maximum yeah but
0: the third book it becomes a treatise basically an environmentalism treatise and done so um without art it's just mm. there and it's just like I'm done thank you very much i i wanted a book about kids who have wings <laughs> you, know, you know oh I don't mind i mean I certainly I do not mind usually when books
1: get Ah, actually that's not true when some when books get political I think that like this one set out to be early and I could tell no, so yes, it, didn't, yes. it didn't it didn't like it didn't bother me but like I was reading Um, I this episode might be I think this episode will be after the release but I read um, Billy Summers by Stephen King his his latest and It, like, goes along, goes along, goes along, and all of a sudden, and then, like, and Billy didn't know that in six months the world will shut down because of a disease or, like, because of, a. and I'm like, all right, that's cool. I really didn't need COVID in my Stephen King verse. Mm -hmm. Like, now that's actually, like, you've made that a part of the Stephen King verse, and I can't ignore that now. So, like, in the world of Pennywise and Jack Torrance and Cujo, there's also COVID, and I just i don't love that and i and so that felt and there was some other stuff in there too and that felt unnecessary like unnecessarily political because it didn't really serve any purpose of the story right it was just it was just an aside but this like one it at was least he was working through
0: this one at least creates some parallelisms that when lamont goes to sleep we've got the great depression when he wakes up it's basically the great depression again with Hoovervilles and everything else. So like, I saw what they were doing there, but of course there has to be the point where they like point it out to you. Like you can't see it for yourself.
1: You can't can't figure that out for yourself. Right. And well, again, like he's, it's his audiences. He, his audiences assume the audience thinks they're smart, but actually isn't. And so it's uh it's one of those like oh it's like Hooverville but like he told you that he literally just told you that but he did it in a way that makes you think you figured it out for yourself yeah um and that's that's kind of the style but um, here's the thing like to go back to the is this a, like a superhero genre thingy so you have like okay like Lamont and Margot are frozen and they come back and this and like I'm good with all of that I actually like them waking up 150 years into the future from the thirties, that's fine. I can actually roll with that. And I really even don't mind the like there's one world government now and this is the master plan and blah blah blah. I'm like, that's fine. I'm good with all of that. I'm not good with unnecessary powers. Yes. Like kept that kept
0: on that adding actually, on as the story it, went on.
1: It, yeah. It did like I'm like y- you go into the shadow going, yep, okay, you can cloud men's minds. It's all like You can go invisible. Shadow play, invisible. Like, that's good. I'm good. That's part of the noir sensibility of the story. It's pulpy, but it's not over the top. And then and then at one point, like there's like someone shooting a fireball out of their fist, and there's lightning, and there's this. But and they're shape-shifting? All, that happens like one time? Yeah, twi- it happens twice. Twice, okay. It happens twice, but he's like, I was a cat. You didn't realize I was the cat? No, Lamont, because you can do that for no reason whatsoever. Like, it be, like there's one thing to like trick people or to like influence people to say like I'm not here but he didn't think tell he didn't make people think he was a cat he literally just became a cat because he talks about being able to see better and sense things and land on his feet and all that stuff like why where does that come from what's the purpose of that like it doesn't add any. It doesn't add anything to the narrative except make the reader question how he can do that with no explanation whatsoever. And
0: has no actual basis in the mythology of the None. character. None. It, that's why I mean. It just
1: felt like we. Oh, we got a character that's a shadow, but we'll get rid of the goofy hat and make him be a
0: cat that one time. Like what? Right. And we like gotta give why? him. And we've gotta give him fireballs because we can't have him brandishing, you know, dual 45s. Correct.
1: you know what it's funny the gun thing actually felt like a reaction to like that th- also felt political. Mm-hmm. Like he they deliberately took the guns away from the hero, which is fine. I actually didn't mind him not having guns um because I'm more interested, like I I associate the telepathy. and – Well, like, and the
0: radio show, yeah. he like almost like they never mention him. Ha- they they at least in the episodes I've listened to, he never uses guns. It's all about being invisible and getting into their heads. It's like if you've ever seen the Alec Baldwin movie. It's like the first scene where you're just driving them nuts because. Yep. You're 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 literally manipulating them with your voice and the fact that they can't see you. Right. Right. And I mean, even th- that actually the, the that movie, it, it, like
1: he doesn't use his guns on the people. The first time he actually takes out the guns is to shoot cement off of somebody's feet. He uses it like as a tool, not as a weapon. It's a but. Um, so I didn't mind him not having guns or anything but then like so he like makes fun of the costume and then or just like his outfit and then he's like oh we have to go to this party incognito so what does he dress as the shadow yeah, mm-hmm. like what are you an idiot what are you James Bond like I'm a I'm a spy here's my real name like what? Are you, what is the matter with you like it, it, it was just that was just all poor decision making and that's when I said that's what felt like like I actually don't know what character I have, and so and like kids like fireballs and lightning out of fists, so I need to add that into the story like the the basic the setup of like that they're frozen and they have like a a teen smart aleck guide and all of that like none of that bothered me. That was all pretty par for the course that I expected It was tropian
0: standard, but I could roll with it. I can roll with it. I can roll with
1: tropian and Standard. That's okay. It's the weird additions that serve no important narrative purpose, have no basis in the mythology of the character, and are clearly there to influence another company to be like, oh, a superhero.
0: We can make something out of this. Yeah, Because they have the fireball. I know. And, and that's the thing. It's like... I, it's it's weird because I don't want this book to be successful because I didn't like the book. But I understand that the intention behind this, like one of the intentions was for for Patterson to get his publisher of decades to start reprinting the OG shadow novels. And that I want to happen mm-hmm. because yeah. that's what I want to read. I want to read the old pulp stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I – um. I liked this a little bit more than you. Yes, because like, you actually a, gave
0: it like, like one star more on Goodreads than I did.
1: I did give it. I, I gave it a three out of five, and I think that's because I, I the characterizations of Lamont and Margot were spot on, and I think that what that was a big sell for me. Um, even if like some of the the extra twisting of the mythology was not exactly to my taste but I all but like it's on the nose but I did like the I went to sleep in the depression and I woke up and I woke, woke up in up the depression a different one yeah but I but I but I liked that it, he was he was rather focused on that it wasn't um because it um, original Shadow, 30 Shadow, doesn't really fight for the poor. No, right? no, you know, no, not at all. You no, know, he fights gangsters and corrupt politicians and, like, weird ghouls and Shiwan Khan and whatever else that he he goes after. But he doesn't really—it's um, not really a social justice character.
0: The um, radio show, you could argue, did that in some episodes based on different cases. Sure. I think I think more like at the end of the day, he's still
1: Lamont Cranston, wealthy millionaire. And it's not like Batman where he's like, he uses Bruce Wayne as a tool because he's Batman. He, uh, Lamont Cranston is actually just Lamont Cranston. And he's also the shadow, but he's actually Lamont Cranston. The shadow's not like his real face or something you know, right, like yeah. that. You know, that thing. Um, he is kind of a jerk sometimes. And he, you know, and... And all that, so I liked that this newer version had a he was kind of a softie, and he was like, these people actually need help, and i 'm going to help them because that's the right thing to do. I enjoyed that part of the novel, even if it was so on the nose enough that like i'll i'll give it a three like if you can maybe ignore some of the weirder choices like the shape shifting or the Like, so are you actually the shadow or are you just Lamont Cranston and like, we'll call you the, you know what I mean? Like I thought the story was going to go into like, no, the pulp character is just like something that somebody made and it's about me, but I don't really care for it. And he was actually going to end up like claiming that title by the end of the story to be like, oh, the people actually do need a symbol. They like against this oppression and I will be that symbol for them and I will be the shadow and blah, blah, blah. That would have felt better to me because he would have like relearned or he would have claimed what he what we believed he was the whole time.
0: Yeah, I and I will fully admit that by the end of the book, I was finishing the book while I was recovering from a stomach bug and I was listening to the audio book. And I and one of the biggest tells for me, and I think this is why I ultimately gave it a two out of five. One of the biggest tells for me is if I'm fading out and I miss portions of the book and I wake up and I can kind of just pick up where I am and I know I miss stuff, but I, I, don't care. care. And B, I can roll with where the story is when I regain consciousness. Yeah. That, that tells me something that goes, wow, no, no, this is not, this is not working for me. Yep.
1: I can completely get behind that. I've read, and listen to many books where I'm like, I don't care that I skipped a chapter, whatever, and I'll just keep going. Um, yeah, this was that this one was not an, one for me. I maybe because I I like the shadow enough, even a, a poor, a pretty poor take on it, that I'm like, I'll finish this out. I'll you know I would like to know the resolve, even though most of it I pretty much knew from the start. Yeah. Um, and actually some of that like. Like it's again a little on the nose, but I kind of like this. So like Mar, I liked that. Like Margot's pregnant, and like she doesn't even get she doesn't get a chance to tell him. So there's like this loss of family. So by the end, there's a new like a very literal gain of family at the end and Like I actually really enjoyed that. That was that was that was well thought out. That felt more like the outline. But I wonder if like that's what like the lightning and the shape shifting was that outline or was that store? Like, okay, they need, he needs to get to here to here.
0: You figure out how to do that. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know how detailed the outlines are to where the other author, you know, writes the actual words, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, like I said, I can tell the book isn't for us, especially people who actually, already have an appreciation for the character. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I'm I'm down for appreciating a new version of a character that I like. I, he doesn't... I'm fine with the future. I'm fine with a few of the things. Like, I'm not down with you kind of taking away a lot of the fundamentally interesting parts of the character and then adding in a bunch of new stuff that isn't interesting at all and is, in fact, quite generic. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's really what I. I didn't appreciate by by the end of it. But if there's another one, I be. I'm like I'll. I would read it just to see if it got better. If it got any worse, I would ditch it. Yeah. But I have. It has me enough to be like, well, if if it got better, then I'd be okay. Sometimes the first one's not good, but I'll give you a second episode.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think episode is very like it. It. You're right. It reads like a pitch. This is yeah, this is a story pitch. pitch. Yeah. Yep. Yep, exactly. Total pitch. But
1: I guess that not all of that is super well thought out. Like the future is like there's one world president and there's no like um, I like kids have to be escorted to the bathroom and the the security this and no iPads this and no Internet that I'm like some of that is really interesting. And I would like to know more about how that is. Oh, you're not going to explore it. Oh, you're just going to forget it. All right. Well, it was a good idea in passing. I would like to know more, but I guess that ain't gonna happen. So, there was a lot of that. And
0: so, I don't know. Just like,
1: uh, the TV show can figure it out. Let's
0: move on. I know, yeah. Well, thanks for having me back. I mean, this is definitely a much different flavor than when I usually show up on Read Up, but we needed to discuss this book intellectually and stuff. And, yeah. Which I think is more than what this book was prepared to give
1: us. There's really not a lot of intellectual in there. I think that that's so the themes are pretty in your face, and the the POV keeps shifting as does the as does the narrative voice. So. Whatever whatever, That's fine Whatever But uh, Scott where can people find you If they're interested in hearing you, about
0: you and stuff Well you can find me on Twitter At ScottDC27 You can find the newly named DC Squadcast Wherever podcasts can be found We're on Vero, Facebook, YouTube And the entire neck of shows At Squadcastmedia.com Also while we're talking about Something similar to The Shadow I would like to inform your listeners That you can find me every Saturday night At the Film Junkie YouTube channel Talking about every episode Of Batman the Antichrist Animated series.
1: Uh, Solid. I love that. That is pure shadow. That animated series. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. As always, you are welcome back at any time. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to read up the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. You can find read up on Twitter at read up podcast and the host at Timothy PG 13. Rate and review Read Up on iTunes, and listen on any place podcasts can be found. Head over to patreon.com slash Audio to support all of your favorite Thought Bubble Audio podcasts. You can find all of the Thought Bubble Audio programs at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Until next time, have a good read.